I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. What I do is not up to you. Some men just want to watch the world burn. I am Iron Man. And Hulk. Smash. You guys know I can move things with my mind, right? It's great power. It's great responsibility. No kids. Welcome to Watchtower. I'm Alex. And I'm Seth. And this is our podcast where we embark on a quest to rank Earth's mightiest movies. And today is a film I'm sure will forever be one of Earth's mightiest movies toward the top. Uh, Avengers Endgame. Yes. We've been waiting for it forever, and it's finally here. I know we said we were going to do Unbreakable. Ignore that. We got busy. It's fine. It's the end of school. I made a film. Seth made a film. <laughs> um, it was busy. We were busy, but uh, I think I think you'll be happy that this is this is the next episode. So, um, this movie. What is this movie? What is this movie? This movie is like no other. Um, it was probably one of the most highly anticipated films in the history of ever of all time. Yeah, of all time, totally. Um, it is on track to be one of the highest grossing films ever. It is... It was the largest opening day in the history of film. Mm-hmm. Um, it made $156 million on its opening day on Friday. Uh, just in the U.S.? Just domestically. Wow. Um, not calculating for today, it's already made $650 million, sorry, million worldwide. So that was Thursday and Friday. 650 million worldwide. It'll definitely cross over a billion for the weekend. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, that's insane. I think we were just talking about this before we started rolling, but I think this will crack that unadjusted for inflation top 10. Yeah. I think this is definitely going to be up there. Yeah, for sure. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 96 from critics and a 93 from audiences. The only MCU film above it on the Rotten Tomatoes critic score is Black Panther. Um, but Black Panther has a much lower audience score, which is interesting. Oh, that is interesting. Because uh, Black Panther's audience score is a 79. But in-game, 96, 93. Critics and audiences right up there. Perfectly balanced. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. <laughs> um, so let's just say this movie is doing well. both it's doing uh, extremely well. <laughs> financially and critically. Mm-hmm. Um Seth, why don't you start by talking about like your your build up to this movie? I know we both talked about our experiences with the MCU in varying ways, but sure. Um, okay. the The most interesting thing I can say about it is I wasn't that hyped for it. Mm-hmm. I was obviously gonna see this movie. I was obviously excited to see how this ended. I kind of kept my expectations at bay, um, just because. I mentioned before, uh, I I finished a, f- a film this week. It was a documentary, and not to get too much into it, but in the same week that we had a screening for that, and Endgame came out, mm-hmm. and my, I was really focused on on the former, yeah, um, just getting that ready. And I thought, I actually thought to myself, that's going to be the big event of the week. There's no way Endgame <laughs> is going to surpass this, you know, personal event in my life. Um, it's pretty close, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, <clears throat> we were in line last night, and I, I mentioned to you, okay, 
I'm actually getting pretty excited. Yeah. Now because it was just uh, the memories of seeing Iron Man, the memories of seeing Avengers 1 in that same theater. Mm-hmm. It started to come back and I started to think, yes, this is this really does feel like the end of a long journey. I really started to get excited. Um, and I guess just to go into my first impressions that I thought it was amazing. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I thought this was uh, this is a great film. This is the dark night of the MCU. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. I think this is an amazing movie that I can't wait to see again. And I think this will be, uh, I mean, this, this just what a testament to Kevin Feige. Yes. That he saw this crazy experiment all the way through to completion. Yep. And created not just a great franchise, which is amazing, but a really great movie mm-hmm. that has great characters and a great story. It's not just a good superhero movie with action and spectacle. It's it's just it's a real film that yeah. you know you get emotionally invested in all that stuff. Yeah. Um. So I loved it. I really did. Oh, uh, the one, one other thing. All the complaints I've had and we've had about the MCU, inconsequential character arcs don't go anywhere. This movie basically <laughs> just solved all those problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was great to see. Yeah. I. Gosh, how do I not like tell my whole life story when talking about this movie (laughs) i just like i was in my senior year of high school when they announced infinity war part one and two and i remember thinking to myself like four years from now the same week that i graduate from college Mm -hmm. the end of the the avengers is going to happen and i just that was four years ago and i remember thinking that's forever away you know that's so far away i've been thinking about this movie for so long and then i hit this week and it was just, like, kind of like you said with all these, like, big things in your life happening. Yeah. Like, how could this top it? Like, I, I <laughs> two Fridays ago, I, or maybe three Fridays ago, I won an award. And I was like, that's, like, the big thing. Mm. And then I got mm-hmm. a job in L.A. And I was like, that's, like, the big thing. And then this movie came out. <laughs> and this was the big thing. Did it and top all of those? Honestly, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, I had been thinking about this movie forever and ever and ever. And when Infinity War came out, I was like, there's no way they meet my expectations. Like, it's okay. Like, it's not going to happen. It's just, they're not going to do it. Hmm. And they did. And I walked out of that theater and I was devastated, but it was so perfect, you know? And then I was like, okay, I don't know if they could do that again. Um, But I, I sat down in the theater and I watched it and it was like watching Avengers 1 all over again. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so happy when those credits rolled and so satisfied and at peace and like fulfilled and empowered it was just like (laughs) everything I needed to feel and they did it again they they surpassed my expectations and I think they've done that for so many people which is just a testament like you said last night to their hard work um oh oh yeah let me say that yeah that was what were we talking about I think you said you were just in well you go ahead what did you say I just said that I it's rare that a film like this, A, has so much expectation for greatness and B, surpasses that expectation for greatness mm-hmm. with flying mm-hmm. colors. Like, yeah. we've heard very few to none criticisms about Infinity War or this movie. Um, and that just doesn't seem to happen, especially, like, with Star Wars and stuff like yes. that. Yeah. And then I said, um, I mean, you're definitely right, absolutely, that it's a rare thing. But all it comes down to is, you know, as a producer, Kevin Feige said, we're going to take the time. It'll take us 11 years. <laughs> we'll build it as we go, brick by brick. 
but we're going to take the time. We'll make it good. It's such yeah. a simple thing. Just make it good. Yeah. Honestly. And that's what a good movie. What makes a good movie is relatively simple. Honestly, yeah. take some, take your time, write a script, have good characters. That's, you know, really, that's basically it. Yeah. There's a lot of hard work and elbow grease and all that that goes into it. But just compare it to Star Wars run by Kathleen Kennedy where everything seems rushed. You know? And disjointed and yeah. not well connected. And this is, it's, you know, like, sure, the MCU had a few missteps. Like, there's some movies that aren't as good as others. Yeah. There, we've talked about, like, character arcs that aren't as, as solid, like, that kind of thing. And this movie didn't erase any of that. It, it acknowledged its mistakes and just pulled them up to greatness yeah. and was like, no, like, we're finishing on a high note. And yeah, the, yeah. that's one impressive thing about the MCU is they've never... They've never, like, tried to erase anything or, like, remove their missteps. I mean, this movie references heavily Thor The Dark World, one of yeah. the, like, least good movies Made in it kind of cool. But it made it cool. You know, it takes it takes uh -huh. everything in stride and just builds it into one cohesive thing in one film. It's amazing. Anyway, should we... Should we... Yeah, well, one, just one more <laughs> thing is this movie is everything great about American films. Everything great about Hollywood. Hollywood sucks in a lot of ways mm -hmm. um this is everything good about hollywood just a huge film big movie stars um we were talking about the other day oh we were talking about gemini man with will smith yeah and you were kind of down on it and <laughs> i think it's just it looks like an amazing b movie yeah but i was saying you know will smith is a movie star that is a a real dying thing some a person who only does movies doesn't do tv Someone you see their name and you th you think I don't care what the movie is I will go see it for that person. Yeah. This movie has that too. I mean Robert Downey Jr. is someone like that. Yeah. He's a movie star. Yeah. You will go see it. Whatever he's in, you will go see it. Yeah. And anytime he's playing Iron Man, you will go see it. Yep. Just for him. And just to see a great American film in the style of what I I consider kind of Hollywood epics, Hollywood blockbusters. Yeah. Just to see that done and done really well, it was so. I don't know, affirming, I guess, yeah. to think that... I mean, I feel inspired. Like, when I when I talk about Infinity War, I'm like, that is a great superhero film. I don't... I have never figured out if it's a great film. Mm -hmm. Endgame is a great film. Mm -hmm. Like, take the superhero out of it. Like, whatever. This is an amazing movie. Yeah. And it's in my favorite genre, and it's the end of my favorite, you know, universe, and it's just incredible. Yeah. Anyway, I think we should jump into our criteria sure. this movie's awesome <laughs> this movie's amazing so uh first we're talking about hero and villain and so i think what we should do is actually start with thanos because he's like the one villain and then dive into our original six heroes and some of the other characters okay um so we see thanos in the very beginning of this movie after he has destroyed the Infinity Stones, which is pretty cool mm -hmm. because I thought... Wish we could have seen it. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But, like, you know, they say they're going to go, like, get the stones from Thanos, and that's how you think they're going to solve everything is with the stones, and then he's like, the stones are gone. Mm -hmm. And this is before we know they're going to figure out time travel, before we know any of that, and so it feels so crushing in that moment. Oh, by the way, hella spoilers. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, this is Watchtower. Just so people what? understand. Yeah. You said time travel, and... <laughs> I just want you to understand we will be spoiling everything. Yes. Um, so, yeah, and he's he's so, like, worn down and, like, it's 
I mean, we'll talk about this immorality, but there's so much sacrifice in this film. And, like, Thanos, like, almost killed himself, like, destroying the stones because he's, like, their temptation. Like, they've done what they're meant to do, and they're gone mm-hmm. now. And I thought that was so interesting. It is. I wish we had gotten way more of that Thanos. Yeah. I think one of the pro- one of the few problems I have, with, especially after sleeping on it, thinking about it, is what they did with Thanos, kind of how they treated him. Mm-hmm. He's the best part of Infinity War. He is. He's yeah. an interesting villain. He they motivation still some question marks, but, <laughs> um, but still just an interesting villain. They build a lot of sympathy with him and Gamora. Just a compelling character. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing him as a farmer, seeing him wearing a t-shirt mm-hmm. and just walking through the fields, cooking, cooking. Yeah, yeah. it was it was cool. Yeah. I I don't know. I felt an affinity for that character in that moment. And I thought. Gosh, you know, there's a part of me that just wishes, okay, Thanos, you went on this religious crusade, you did your thing. I kind of just want you to live your life now. There's yeah. a part of me that really just wanted him to be at peace. Well, I feel like in another in another world, in another timeline, we would have almost... We could never convince the Avengers that he did the right thing because that's, like, stupid and, like, mm-hmm. dark and whatever. But <laughs> I don't know. I wanted there to be some kind of consideration of you know, what, I don't know, some some more sympathy from the Avengers or somebody yeah. who, I don't know, just more yeah. exploration of I that. I think, yes, I agree. Because um, I feel like we were convinced on at least a small level to be sympathetic toward him and to understand his viewpoint, but I mm-hmm. don't think any of our characters, our main characters were. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, Definitely. Which would have been interesting to explore. But I also understand why we couldn't, you know. It's a good opening, because, you know, Thor kills Thanos, and that's kind of shocking. And you think, whoa, what? where's the movie going yeah. now? They already killed the villain. Yeah. Um, that was definitely a cool, shocking opening, but that was just... It, he's just such a compelling character. He's kind of gone too soon. They could have done more with him. And especially since the Thanos in the movie proper is Thanos from five years ago. Yeah, at this point, ten years ago. Oh, is it ten years ago? Well, now? because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, five right, years right. have passed. Sorry. So, yeah. It's, right. But five years before we see him dead, yes. Five years ago, right, Thanos. Right, right. Thanos yeah. from 2014. Yes. <laughs> um, and he's a very different character and a character that I did not like as much. Right. And I liked that from a standpoint of cool. Like, we see that this character has changed over these five years, yes. has matured, has understood his vision. Like, that's a cool concept. But at the same time, like you said, he's just kind of like, especially because he decides once he knows what the Avengers have done, he's like, okay, I'm just going to destroy the world. You're like... That was a little too fast of a turn for me. Yeah. And like, I think it would have been boring if he had been the same Thanos, you know, because we'd be like, we've already seen this. We've already heard this. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I don't know, he wasn't as intimidating because he didn't seem as wise and as... uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. As convinced of his own... Yeah. Um, aspirations. And they kind of wrote themselves into a corner just a little bit because the reason Thanos is so scary and intimidating and interesting in Infinity War is because he has the stones. Yeah. And that he just seems like this insurmountable threat. Yeah. And in this movie, he doesn't. So they have to kind of concoct ways to make him more threatening. Mm-hmm. And it basically involves uh, lots of laser beams. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, don't get me wrong, the movie is super cool. I I really like the time travel plot. I love the idea that the younger Thanos comes back. Really cool stuff. But like you said, kind of 
as a fan, just looking at that and saying, oh, I get to see the younger version of this character. It's interesting. But as just a film goer, yeah, I, there was this better character that we're just not seeing anymore. Well, and that's the thing. is like, does he really have an arc in this movie? He, he becomes more evil, I Yeah, guess. like, he doesn't really have an arc. It's yeah. pretty much, like, we see the end of his arc from Infinity War, and then done, and then we see a Thanos that doesn't really change mm-hmm. in twenty from 2014 that just learns things and pursues them. Um, right. But, you know, yeah, I don't think we... I don't think we are missing that too much. It works. Uh, it works. Because in a lot of ways, the villain in this movie... This sounds stupid, but, like, the villain in this movie feels so, like, destiny and fate-driven in a lot of ways mm-hmm. to me. Because, like, you know, you have Thanos talking about, like, the line from the Infinity War trailer that never made it into the movie. You know, dread it, run from it, destiny always arrives. We've mm-hmm. got this idea that, like, Strange has this one scenario that he knows about where where we win. And that is that is going to happen or it's not. And there are all these things that have to happen in order for us to get to that point to win. Um, and so what really defeats certain characters in this movie is fate. It's, it's mm. Tony having to, you know, get the stones and snap his fingers. It's, it's Natasha and the soul stone um, in order to obtain it, you know, her having to sacrifice herself. Like it's really circumstance and fate more than a character, I think. Sure, like I Thanos. Thanos inspires all of that, but I got you. it's not like a, we're actively fighting this villain. I got in you. This movie. They're kind of fighting their choices from the past over the past eleven years. Yeah, it's very interesting and mm-hmm. complex. I think it's really fascinating. Um, Thanos is still the best villain in the MCU. Oh, I definitely far. think so. Yeah. Um, still, still really interesting. Great fight scenes with him in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. It was cool to see him, like, fight with a sword because yes. he doesn't really, like, do a lot of hand-to-hand in uh, Infinity War, so. Right. Yep. Um, still really cool, but I prefer him in Infinity War. Yeah. I think the one thing this movie does is makes me appreciate him in Infinity War more mm-hmm. because I understand where he's come from. Because we don't really see him throughout the MCU. Like, that was what we kept talking about with Infinity Wars. We're like, we haven't seen this character. Like, we don't yeah. really know anything about him. And this made me appreciate, like, look what this quest for the stones did to his character because we've already seen what the quest for the stones did to all our mcu or all our heroes because we've seen Mm -hmm. them over the past 11 years but seeing his past 2014 self is like look what the quest did to him yeah yeah. i think that's interesting definitely interesting um i think in a perfect world there still would have been just a thanos movie (laughs) and yeah he wouldn't he would have been the protagonist of a film and you could you could have sort of seen his fall from grace i guess yeah his fall to the dark side um, that's okay. We don't live in a perfect world. Yeah. Uh, what, the way they did it was still great. Um, uh, but this is the hero's movie. It's not the villain's movie. Yeah. Infinity War was the villain's movie. Yeah. Great so he takes counter, back- counter pieces. Yeah. Um, he takes a back seat. So our original six Avengers are very heavily featured in this film. Mm-hmm. They all have some more than others, but they all have very definitive arcs in this film and they learn a lot about themselves and I will never I've never felt so grateful for how earned and how how um well implemented 
the end to these characters' arcs were. Like, I was so satisfied where with all of them ended up. Maybe not Thor as much, but we're we're seeing that he's probably going to be in Guardians three, so that's a little mm-hmm. bit of a different situation. We didn't. I don't think we really bid goodbye to him, or so it oh, seems like. Definitely not. Um, but it's going to be bros in space. These character arcs. Who should we start with? Well, let's um, talk about Thor and Bruce because they're like probably the least arcy sure. characters okay. in this film. So Thor. Uh, Fat <laughs> Thor is hilarious. Yeah. Very funny. And then on top of that, they made him this kind of basement-dwelling gamer kind of guy. Yeah. Or Korg was, at least. Yeah. I know you don't like Korg. I still love Korg. I liked him in this movie. Okay. Korg and Meek. <laughs> yeah. I love... They're both awesome. Yeah. But anyway, just making them into these kind of dude bros who were playing Fortnite, so funny. Yeah. And, uh... That was a great dark place to take this character because yeah. his character is kind of vain and um, at, at looking at, at, again in the grand scheme of things over eleven films sorry eleven years twenty something films was twenty two twenty two films yep. I do think the sort of narrative arc of Thor maybe you know goes in circles sometimes yeah but that's you know it's okay where they put where they pushed him in this movie is still really interesting just that this kind of vain person can't deal with loss used to success, doesn't know how to deal with failure. Yeah. I really like that. And then making his mom kind of the linchpin of all that. I just love the idea that it doesn't matter how fat you are, how ugly you are, how how unkempt your beard is, you can still go to your mom for advice and she I will loved that always forgive you. We haven't seen a lot of mom relationships. Yeah. And I just loved like you know, like we talked about, like, this gave significance to Dark World in a way that we hadn't really seen before. And, like, just seeing her, yeah, just seeing that relationship with her and how much he loves her and she loves him and this kind of unconditional. Mm-hmm. Like, there's mm-hmm. so much family stuff going on in this film. Yeah. And that was just an incredible moment between them. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I feel almost disappointed because this whole time we've been, like, Thor is battling with this idea of, like, being a king and ruling and what does it mean and like does he deserve it and should he do it and blah 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 and like by the end of the movie he's like no like this isn't for me i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. rule and i thought it took us too long to get to that point with his character but i think it opens some really interesting doors for him it does it's it's interesting because it's a a symbol of his maturity that he understands himself enough to say that Mm -hmm. he understands how immature he is yeah and that is in itself is mature yeah it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I will be on board for him, for the Asgardians of the Galaxy. I definitely will see that. Mm-hmm. I I do hope he still becomes king. I uh, I would I think that would be you know, that would still be good for him. I want to yeah. see that someday. Yeah. Uh, but I think. I think his arc was really good. I think it kind of got at a darkness that we haven't seen in him. Just yeah. this, this fear of failure, basically. I really liked it, um, especially just because like at the beginning of the movie, you know. He kills Thanos, which is what he wasn't able to do before, um, and it's... It doesn't bring him it peace. It doesn't do anything, yeah. and that's really interesting to see him achieve his previous goal, but it, it's not, it doesn't do the same thing this time. You know? Oh, and the scene where he's begging to use the gauntlet that they've created. Yeah. He says, please, just let me do it. Yeah. That was sad. Yeah. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, just the... Okay, we'll say this for spectacle, but just the idea of them creating an Infinity Gauntlet was yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so cool. Uh, 
But yeah, Thor, very well-written character. Great performance by Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Probably the best he's done in any of these movies. It was really good. Uh, the fat suit looked a little fake, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Hulk... Oh, Bruce. Okay. Hulk, Hulk slash Bruce, Bruce's arc kind of happens in five seconds, and we've learned that it happened over the five years between yes. Infinity War and Endgame, because he's like, I figured out how to marry myself with the Hulk and achieve this, like, balanced form. Um, yeah, he's... I wrote down, he becomes a big nerd. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I really liked it. Um, not seeing him struggle with it didn't bother me, really. Uh, Hulk's always been kind of a secondary character, supporting character. Yeah. I really liked it, and I was surprised, and you were surprised, because uh, I harped on about how lame Hulk was in Infinity War. Yeah. Um, I see what they were going for now. I just... Just to see that character at peace with himself, not see him not angry all the time, um, that was really cool. It was it, really rewarding. Yeah it, yeah, it actually was. Yeah. Um, he, I don't know, he doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, I know he does the snap and he burns his arm, but does he really change after no. he conquers his demons? No. Yeah, I don't think so. No. Um, he's just kind of this, this source of... Uh, strength for for the other avengers i guess yeah and it's really awesome mm-hmm. to see him be that because he never has been and he's this kind of like backbone and rock in this movie and i think that's really fascinating yes and i i thought his sort of inner nerd came out they they didn't shy away from him just being this big kind of awkward geeky guy mm-hmm. i really liked that yeah um because he's i did i i love the tortured hulk and the, from Joss Whedon's yeah, take. Yeah, Avengers I love that. and Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah, but I felt like here we were seeing the real Bruce Banner just kind of totally at peace with himself. It was it was great to see. Um, he was just a big, jolly green giant, nice guy. Gave, gave people little tacos. <laughs> <laughs> that moment was amazing. Yeah, it was. That was. That was the true heroism in the film, was that. Just sharing a taco. Not the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> just just the, the food sharing. Maybe that is the ultimate sacrifice. So self- it is. <laughs> it is. Um, I don't know if there's much more to say about him. There's not. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into more with spectacle and morality and stuff. Um, I don't want to spend too long here, you know. Um, so let's talk about Hawkeye. Um, very first scene of the movie. I predicted this, by the way. <laughs> Uh, was Clint losing his family? Mm-hmm. Um, it was so well shot. It was. Um, it was. It was, it was really nice. It felt like a drama, you know, a, a, a thriller kind of tense, this tense dramatic moment. Um, and you know, five years later, he's in a super dark place. Like he's killing. He's basically a vigilante, you know, mm-hmm. killing people who he feels have wronged other people. Um, he says to the the guy he's about to kill, you know, uh, all those people got Thanos, you get me. Um, and he's mm-hmm. kind of trying to, like, bring his family back by killing people, and then Natasha tells him, you know, like, that's that's not how this works. Um, and I really liked him going to that dark place. I feel like we saw a lot of Clint that we hadn't seen in a while, um, and I felt really satisfied with his character in this movie. It was okay. <laughs> I didn't... I didn't love him. His haircut was stupid. Um, 
I just I just love seeing him as a normal happy dad at the beginning, and that part was really heart wrenching. Just to the thing about, and they didn't show what would have been the scariest part was him realizing that they're gone. It just sort of shows him running around, yeah, screaming, calling their names. But and then it cuts away, and I thought they left out the most horrifying part, um, which maybe was uh, merciful. Yeah. <laughs> to the audience. I Yeah, no, I think... Yeah, I didn't want to see more. <laughs> right. Um, uh, he's so good there, and... I don't know, maybe... Maybe it's my unfamiliar, unfamiliarity with Ronan. That's the name of his character, right? Yeah, Ronan. The, the, the ninja guy. Um, I just... I was not really into that. Uh, it was just a bit... It was kind of a strange arc where... So he kind of has closure already because of Age of Ultron. He decides, okay, I'm just going to raise my family. Great. And then the arc in this movie, they have to kind of manufacture just for this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he goes to a dark place, and then it's resolved all in the same movie, rather than this kind of... We've with, been leading yeah, up exactly, to Yeah, exactly, which thing. they did with other characters. Yeah. That's fair, but I feel like at the same time, because he did kind of get the shaft before and hasn't really... They did what they could with him. Sure. Um, and I I like what it did to Natasha. So, like, I mm. felt like it It was, you know, it was good, especially because of what it did for her character. Uh, sure, I could see that. The um, Before we talk about her, everyone had... <laughs> what do you call... The, the hair in this movie. Everybody had kind of... Okay. So, <laughs> let's see. Tony, Bruce, Steve, normal. Hawkeye has an emo, like, fade on both sides with a mohawk. Yes. Um, Natasha has the two-toned hair. So, yeah. So, she grows out her hair and then doesn't dye it those whole five years oh that's what it is yeah so it's okay. it's like the blonde that she has just grows out so natural red grows down and then the blonde is on the end and she just doesn't dye it for whatever reason okay i think it looks horrible luckily she puts it into a braid yeah halfway through and that looks fine i actually really like the look of the braid because it's so much more practical than having mm. your hair down when mm-hmm. you're fighting you know um there's one more really weird hairstyle wasn't there i, I mean like thor thor Oh, I mean, uh, um, Captain Marvel gets her hair cut. Yeah. I love that. Haircut, I did like her hair. There was something, I don't know, hair became this kind of metaphor for character development in this movie. And that was, that was kind of funny. Um, I did like Captain Marvel's new hair. Yeah. It surprised me how much I liked it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, Hawkeye, not bad, but... Uh, want to talk about Black Widow? <gasps> okay. So, my girl, my fave, she has been all kinds of messed up at certain points in the MCU. There's sometimes where I felt like she's been written so well. There's sometimes mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh my god, like this is horrible writing. Like it's just been a toss up. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, you said this last night. You said this was a side that you hadn't really seen to Scarlett Johansson before or in a long time. In a long time, yeah. Um, and a side to Natasha, I hadn't seen. And while I don't think it was time for her to die, I think they could have done more with the character. Yeah. I think they did it in the best possible way. 
so I'm a huge fan of Clint and Natasha in the comics, whether they're best friends, whether they're romantic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been missing a lot of that. They have some cool moments in Age of Ultron, actually, like where they're being best pals. But um, mm-hmm. this movie just like really showed male and female friendship in an awesome way. She, it was such an amazing culmination for a character because she's like, all of you have done so much for me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she was in a really bad place. We'll learn more about that in her movie, which now we know why it's a prequel. But, you know, <laughs> she was in this really bad place. She used to be an assassin. There was the Red Room, like all this stuff. Clint pulled her out of it. The Avengers gave her a family. She said, even though these people are gone, I'm still trying to be better. Mm-hmm. And it, it really changed her. And so when we get to this point where the Soul Stone is, she's like, all I've been trying to do is get to here. Like, let me do this. And those final moments where he's holding on to her and she's like, just let me go. Like, it is so good. I love her in this movie. I think she was so vulnerable and compassionate, um, but still so sure about the choices she was making. Mm-hmm. And it was just mm-hmm. so incredible. I just, I have nothing bad to say about her character in this film. Yeah, me neither. She felt like a real person. Yeah, um, she felt so real, where sometimes she's felt really not real. <laughs> Joss Whedon. Yeah, Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way he wrote her, just kind of this kind of snarky, you know, kind of quippy, very guarded person. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense in some ways. But here, it was, yeah, that vulnerability you mentioned, I really responded to that, just seeing um, how, I guess, broken she was. And then for her to find that inner peace as well, that's a big thing in this movie is inner peace. Um, learning to live with yourself, I guess. Yeah, learning to live with your mistakes and not let them destroy you, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I thought Scarlett Johansson gave a great performance. Uh, overall, I think she's she's a really good actress and has kind of... I don't know, the roles she's chosen, they've all been kind of one note yeah. for a while. yeah kind of this just sort of badass action kind of role and she can play a lot more than that yeah you've seen uh have you seen ghost world no. with her Mm-mm. that's she's young in that one i mean um, all the acting in this movie was just superb like it was it because was, they it were was really given dramatic range in this film like yeah uh rdj next level acting in this one yeah but uh yeah scarlett johansson just she has way more range and i think her roles really allow her to explore. I hope this movie does something for her in regards to getting more opportunities. Yeah, I hope know. so. Just yeah, uh, that vulnerability was was amazing to see that softness in a character who's been so hard before. It was uh, it was it was something. I really really responded to it. Um, the the I thought it was a little weird the Soulstone thing that Clint was. I don't. I don't know why would Clint want to sacrifice himself if he's just trying to get his family back. Maybe he feel. Maybe he's just so broken at that point that he doesn't. I think, think... he's really broken. I don't think he thinks it's gonna work. Okay. I think that he's looking for a way out. Maybe. Yeah, and he's always protected her. Like I know we haven't really seen. We've just kind of alluded to like him bringing her to Shield, but like. She's like a little sister to him, you know, yeah. um, I think, in a lot of ways. And so I think, like, sure, it gets kind of weird if you're, like, his 
female best friend or his family and he's like i would rather die for my female yeah, best friend than see right, my family. Right, but right. i don't i don't think it's that i think it's just in that moment he's thinking about you know we're probably not gonna make it out of this this probably isn't gonna work i can't let my best friend die like all of those things and like in that moment she's what's there not his family and so you know um sure it was kind of a cool bait and switch because i think they built it up by making him this assassin guy yeah. who's so broken and broken lost and, and, yeah and done right it really seems like the easy way out for that character especially because he's the one who is like i'll do the I'll, t- I'll do the time travel thing first. Like, I'll t- make that sacrifice. That's true. So he's, like, yeah. already being very self-sacrificial and kind of not taking That's care of his, his life. That's interesting. And then him going through that maybe is what gives him just this glint of hope because yeah. he gets to see his family again yeah. briefly. That's pretty good. That scene between them, I love it. Like, I love it so much. It was so devastating, but I just... Which one? Between Natasha and Clint when, like, she dies. Like, just, like, mm-hmm. this idea where they're both, like, no, it has to be me um, kind of thing. I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. I had a weird thought that only red-haired women can be sacrificed <laughs> to get a soul stone. I mean, Gamora has black hair, and then it's, like, pink on the ends. Gamora, Gamora has red hair. No, it's black on top and then pink. The second, the bottom half of it is pink. Am I insane? You are insane. Hold on. I know this character. Am I colorblind? Yeah, probably. I have to Google Gamora right this second. I think you're colorblind. Nope. Stand by, listeners, while Seth learns that he's wrong. Okay, I definitely see what you're saying. Yeah, it's black on top and pink on the bottoms. But it doesn't always look like that. Yes, it does. No, it no. Google it. Anyway, I would I would not call that pink in a lot of these images. I see what you're saying. Anyway, can we move on? It's definitely not that black. <laughs> it's kind of rose colored. Okay. Whatever, it's still black on top. Yeah, the near the roots, like everybody's hair. Okay, anyway, I see what you're saying. However, especially in that movie, it was black on top. I see, okay, anyway. Okay. <laughs> Red Red's better for her, because it contrasts with the green skin so well. Yeah, anyway. So, yes, with anyway. so much focus on hair. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of hair in this movie. Uh... Who do we want to talk about next? Are we done with Steve? Steve. Okay. Here's here's my thought about Steve. Um, Steve had gotten kind of boring to me. Mm-hmm. I felt like in a lot of these movies they didn't know what to do with him after Civil War. I mean, it was just Infinity War, I guess. After Civil War, but especially in Infinity War, they did not I don't know, know what to do. Even with him. in Civil War, to an extent, mm-hmm. because he's so underpowered compared to all these cosmic forces now. Yeah. That. He's kind of still the tactician and the leader, but then also he's kind of out of his element a lot, too, and he's still growing. So I felt like they they haven't really known what to do with him for a while. And I think the performance from Chris Evans has become kind of one note where, okay, seeing him go from this kind of optimistic can-do guy from the 40s to around, you know, Winter Soldier and Civil War, he becomes more jaded. Um... 
he he started to be one note somewhere in there where he's just sort of he just always has a stern chin and that's basically the performance yeah but in this movie the final scene with steve and i'm i'm going, I'm going straight to the ending uh that <laughs> is that's great acting from chris evans just what they did with the voice uh the way he sounded tired and labored I don't even think they needed the CG. I think the the vocal performance was enough. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's not real. I, I don't need to see CG Chris Evans. But the great thing about that little character arc is finally Steve says, I'm going to have a life of my own. Yeah. I've been a public servant for the past 100 years, basically. Yeah. Uh, um, and he says... I'm going to have a life of my own. And when Sam asks him, tell me about this girl, he says, no, I don't think I will. I'm going to keep it private. He finally says, I, it's it's time to do something for me. It was so rewarding for me because I, this is so dramatic. I've been preparing myself for four years for the day I would watch Steve Rogers die. I've been thinking <laughs> about it. I have been prepping. I've been dreading, like, emotionally preparing myself. And uh, no, like, he didn't have to die. Like, this was the most perfect possible ending ever and especially because i was worried because i thought the time travel thing would be like you know it alters the present and mm-hmm. so i was like oh like if he goes back and stays with peggy suddenly all this stuff that happened didn't happen and i was like ah what'll that do but no this was like perfect. <laughs> they found a way to do it this was yeah. flawless to have them dancing be the last scene of this whole franchise that is, that's so interesting it's so yeah. it's such a cool choice and um what the last shot is they kiss, right? Yeah, they or they're kiss just, okay. right as their lips meet. That's the cuts. final shot. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, Here's a question. I already know my answer for this. When he wields Mjolnir, which is an amazing, awesome moment, mm-hmm. one of my favorites in the film, um, did you read that as he's always known he could wield it and in the Age of Ultron scene when it wiggles he doesn't want to embarrass Thor <laughs> or is this like a he finally thinks he's worthy kind of thing because because uh, I got you. Malnir has always been a twofold it deems you worthy and you deem yourself worthy kind of thing in my uh, impression so yeah. how do you interpret that I definitely interpreted it as it was not until this moment that he was worthy because Mjolnir needed... The circumstances were such that Thor was in a place where he couldn't wield it because he was incapacitated Mm -hmm. by Thanos, and it was looking... That's how I took it, but I I kind of like what you just said. Yeah, because Thor said, I knew knew it. it, Like, I've always known you were worthy. Yeah. And so I kind of like it as, like, a Steve never fully let himself believe that... I kind of like that, too. Yeah. Because there's also an element of... Steve's humility. He says, "I, I can't let Thor believe that he's not the only one. I have to let Thor believe this because it's very important to him." Yeah, that's a good leader. I like that too. Yeah, like maybe he's always been able to wield it, but he just didn't want to embarrass him. Right, right. Um, and, you could read it either way. I think that's that's cool. Yeah, and the Hail Hydra moment was so that cool was for awesome. so many that reasons awesome. because you know we had that whole hubbub about him being hydra in the comics and everyone freaked out and like steve yeah. has always been like hydra is the enemy like they're lurking everywhere it's always been at the root of everything they're responsible for the winter soldier they're responsible for you know shield falling apart they're responsible for every hardship in his life mm-hmm. and in this moment he 
he knows exactly what he has to do is he has to pretend that, you know, that's that's what he is. And it's so satisfying. It was awesome. It was this amazing, again, this kind of bait and switch moment where they build up the elevator scene from Winter Soldier and they make you think, are they going to do that again? What's Because it's obviously a callback to that yeah. with uh, crossbones in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they exchange the same exact lines in the elevator. Do they? And it's the same shots. Okay. Yeah, it's very cool. Because when I was first watching it, because I've seen Winter Soldier so many times, I was like, this isn't Winter Soldier, this is Avengers. What's happening? Why are these the same lines? Why is history repeating itself? I was like, what's going on? Um, it was uh, it was amazing. And that yeah. other moment with him where he's fighting himself. Yeah. <laughs> that really is America's ass. Okay, that was that was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, just to see, just to oh, hear Steve. Oh, I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yes, that <laughs> was so funny. <laughs> just to hear, um, I guess that adds to his character because that's him sort of getting a little more cynical, just kind of getting tired of that public servant kind of jingoistic. Yeah. Sort of, he's just saying, look, okay, I get it. Yeah. Wait, we, let's move on. I know you're young and you're, you believe in all this stuff, but come on, I got, I, I got stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Um, the ending with him was so sweet. The when he hands the shield over to Sam, yeah, and he says, uh, Sam says, um, he, he feels like he's not worthy. He says, "Well, I guess I'll do my best." Yeah. And Steve says, "What does he say? That's why you're the one, or something?" I forget. He says, "That's why you'll be perfect, or something yeah. like that." Yeah. And then, like Sam says, uh, Steve says, "How does it feel?" And Sam says, "Like it belongs to someone else." And Steve just goes, "Well, it doesn't," you know. Yep. And then, like, they shake hands, and you see Steve put his hand on top of Sam's, and there's a wedding ring. Yeah, just, ah. that, was, that was cool. <laughs> Great visual storytelling there. That was that was amazing. The The conclusion of that character, uh, I want to go... Flawless. I want to rewatch First Avenger and think of all that now. Yeah. That's going to that's gonna recontextualize and, like, all of it. There are so many amazing moments where, like, you characters repeat lines, but in a new context, you know? Like, when... Uh, like, I... I know it's just so short, but that exchange between him and Bucky where, uh, don't do anything stupid while I'm away. How can I? You're taking all the stupid with you. They trade lines. Like, originally Steve was saying, Steve was saying that to Bucky. Mm -hmm. And now, like, and Bucky knows he's not coming back because he says, I'm going to miss you, buddy. And he's only going to be gone for 10 seconds. So we know, like, that Bucky knows what's happening. Right. And it's just like, I love that. Why do you think Bucky didn't get the shield? I don't think Bucky wants to be a hero like that Mm -hmm. i you can tell he's tired in these Mm -hmm. movies in civil war he only fights because he's dragged into it like it's clearly not where his heart is and sam is is has so much less baggage and is younger and is freer and it just makes more sense and you know they both have had it in the comics which i thought was why it was cool that they were both there in that moment um bucky kind of gives his blessing to Sam. yeah he does because because he sees Steve over there and he says, Sam, go ahead. Like, he knows, like, you know, that's really cool. For It is cool. For a moment, I thought, I thought maybe what had happened when he comes back and he's sitting there, I thought, what if he's skinny Steve Rogers again? Oh. And he went back in time and something happened yeah. where he decided, that I, been just, I just want to live a normal life. Which is kind of, I mean, it's kind of what happened anyways. He just yeah, lived his life. But he but that, can't that was my first thought. Yeah. It, that he's been coming. You're right. That was my first thought, though. So, yeah, anyway, Steve, perfecto, amazing. Basically. Yeah. And just that the way Chris Evans was able to evoke old man from the 40s, he just, he nailed it. It was, it kind of dipped into, I don't know, Saving Private Ryan or something. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. 
Yeah. Uh, just the the cadence in his speech, um, the the choice of words. Yeah. Uh, it was great. And again, just this idea that it was in Shazam a little bit too, where Sam feels like he's not ready. Maybe he's not ready, mm-hmm. but just the idea of you will rise to the challenge, you will rise yeah. to the occasion. I love that. Yeah. Because that's what Steve did. When he became Captain America, he wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. He didn't know what he was doing. He just kind of figured it out. Yeah, right. So. That's kind of like all of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now the Tony. big one. Tony Stark. So Tony's arc has really <laughs> kind of been circular like Thor's in a lot of ways just because it's all been the same thematics but just a li- happening a little bit different ways. But recently we've seen him accept so much responsibility. We see him become a father figure to Peter. We see him, like, committing to Pepper. We see him mm-hmm. with a daughter now, which was so cool to see him yes. with a daughter. And when Steve looks at him and says, Tony, we have a second chance to make to make this right, and Tony is holding his daughter, and he says, this is my second chance. And you have that dilemma with, with uh, you know, do we, do we go back and write things and maybe I'll die? And, of course, he does. Um... And, you know, when he show, like you talked about, when he shows up to the compound and he says, you know, I have to make things right, but I have to keep what I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah. That was so much growth for that character. He was just incredible in this film. Like, you go through so many different phases. You see him so broken after they've lost and he's telling Steve, you know, I said we needed a suit of armor around the world. Forget your precious freedom. Like, look what it's done. We lost. Mm-hmm. I needed mm-hmm. you and we lost like and then you go to him uh, deciding basically that he's going to sacrifice himself and all leading up to this moment and then of course I am Iron Man you know you know Thanos says I am inevitable <laughs> and then he says I am Iron Man and like it is just perfect it's, it is it the is most awesome perfect possible yeah. culmination for this character like that's a moment in that's there's never been anything like that in the history of film where you get one moment that it's the beginning and the ending of the universe. It's what it is. <clears throat> yeah. Iron Man one concludes it's so with consistent. I am Iron Man. Yeah. And this ends with I am I am Iron Man. And that's uh, that's why I absolutely loved there wasn't a post credit scene and that was awesome because that felt like it was a yeah. conclusion. But then just a little hint of mm-hmm. uh, him, the, the sound of Tony hammering. hammering. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. I loved that. That was almost mythical in a way. Yeah, like where where I can't even quite describe it. Uh, what I'm thinking of really is this Thor comic I read by uh, Walt Simonson, who's he's, his take on Thor is amazing, very mythic. Mm-hmm. But there's this character um, called uh, it's. Uh, oh, it's Sutker. He's in Ragnarok, the big fire demon dude. Yeah, yeah. The way Walt Simonson... This is a tangent. The way <laughs> Walt Simonson tells that is he's telling a story with Thor, and there's this B story of a guy hammering away in the cosmos, mm-hmm. and he's building a sword, and it's revealed, you know, a year later or something that this is actually uh, Sutker making a sword to fight Thor or whatever. Yeah. That's what it made me think of, that we're still at it. We're going to make another one. Don't worry. It was... So cool. Um, and it made me think of, I don't know, just the creation of the Infinity Stones, the creation of the yep. universe, the ending of the universe. Yep. It, but nothing ever really ends. It was, oh, there was also a, mo- a motif. I'm going all over the place now. <laughs> There's a motif of uh, chess in this game that I really liked. It, the, the title Endgame is yeah. one, of course. And then all these c- complex pieces. And you 
you have to sacrifice, you have to lose pieces yep. to get into the end game and all yep. this. There's this great shot in uh, in Asgard when um, it's an overhead shot mm-hmm. and it's just black and white tiles on the floor. Yeah. And it immediately evokes a chessboard. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. And that made me think of, I'm going even a crazier place <laughs> now, uh, Neil Gaiman, a uh, great writer, loves mythology, loves Norse mythology. He write, he did this whole take on Norse mythology that's amazing. And it goes through Ragnarok. It goes through everything. Um, Ragnarok is, is the end of the gods. But also in, in Ragnarok is a new beginning. And the way he ends all of Norse mythology is the survivors um, being Baldur. And uh, Thor and Odin, everyone dies, but Baldur lives. Baldur finds the pieces of all the gods, all the Aesir, and he starts a new game. Yeah. It's just, just, I love the idea of in the end is also a new beginning. It's brilliant. Uh, okay. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. I had to get all that out. But Tony Stark. Um, and with his dad. Yeah, that would. He gets closure. Incredible. This that as, as a man ages, you understand the choices your parents made, choices your dad made, you become your dad. It's incredible just to see the maturity of that character, especially thinking back to Civil War when they had the young Tony Stark and just how kind of petulant and childish he was. Mm. He's always been childish. Yeah. Always. And he finally isn't anymore. It's That's the thing that makes this movie great, is it's just about the humanity of these characters. Yep. It's about stuff everyone can relate to. Everybody has a parent that they struggle with or whatever. It's just about uh, life and death and everything that makes us human. That's why it's a great film. Um and Tony Stark, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. should win an Oscar for this oh, yeah. performance. I am so excited to see what happens with, like, award season and this film. Because something has to come out of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a... This is the kind, this is the kind of movie unites critics, unites mm-hmm. fans, mm-hmm. unites everybody. Everyone will go to see this and have a great time. And feel a loss for Tony Stark. Feel like they went on this great journey and they've, you know... Their lives have been enriched by it. That shouldn't that be rewarded? Yeah, I think so. With a little gold statue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna fast track the end of Hero Villain because we gotta move on. Some we do. <laughs> honorable mentions are Nebula had some really cool moments in this film. Well, we ha- I'm, we have to what? say one thing about Tony Stark is just this, the <laughs> sacrifice. The Infinity War sets up sacrifice. It's a big theme of that film. Yeah, is we don't trade lives and all this stuff, and it sets up. It's Infinity War forecast, foreshadows hard, Tony Stark will die. Yes. That was obvious to anyone who's paying attention. Yes. And going in, I knew Tony Stark would die. But seeing him be a dad, seeing him be mature, I did not want him to die. Exactly. And it became, it created tension where I thought there wouldn't be any at all. Yep. And I just thought, no, I want you to go home and I want you to live a life. I mm-hmm. want you to be a husband and a father. And that was, that was incredible. I didn't think they would pull that off. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Honorable mentions. Nebula. Wait, I've, I've, I still forgot the one thing. We have to say this. this is hero, hero versus villain. <laughs> Thanos is selfish, can't sacrifice, sacrifices others. Tony Stark, Iron Man, makes the ultimate sacrifice. Yep. Gives his own life. Flawless. We have to say that. There we go. Honorable mentions. Nebula has some really cool moments in this film. Um, I don't feel like she changes a whole ton because she's already helping the Avengers but she kind of, like, comes into herself and yes. helps her past self. Well, she kills her past self, which is kind of the arc. That was awesome. I really liked her. To see her physically kill her past mm-hmm. self, as in, like, 
Let the past die. Very Star Wars. She, she's a tragic character, which so I didn't really tragic. feel until this movie. It was amazing. Like, and man, when she's like sitting on the steps of the Milano and Rocket just holds her hand for all that they've lost. It was so sweet. That and was sweet. Rocket matures in this movie. Rocket Everybody. matures. Rocket is awesome. Scott is awesome. Yep. Um, Rhodey's there. He was good in this movie. He was good. I thought Don Cheadle was actually good in this movie. Not much happened with him, but he was good. That scene with him and Nebula is great, though. Yeah. Captain Marvel was rocked in this movie. She was good. She was very Special mention to her. Uh, I don't know what happened with Captain Marvel. A lot of bad things. We we don't need to talk about it again. (laughs) I liked her in this movie. Yeah. She had a vulnerability to her that was missing. She wasn't just this snarky, annoying product of a character she was a real person i really liked her liked her new haircut too she looked really good at the end in her in her military uniform yeah at tony stark's funeral yeah i want to see more of that character yeah so that's i did not see that coming after captain marvel the movie yeah for sure i was super happy with her in this movie uh okay we're wrapping up here villain we can mention more stuff if we want to throughout (laughs) the next sections uh you mentioned tony stark is the heart of the mcu through and through ultimate sacrifice thanos won't sacrifice i think that says it all right there sacrifices others even yeah sacrifices others i think that says it all right there we have all these characters fighting their past choices making new choices the original six all developed so well in this film it's just come on this is perfect we are 57 minutes into this i know that's why i'm fast tracking (laughs) us this episode will just be as long as it is yeah (laughs) Three hours, just like the movie. There oh, we go. God. Um, okay, so anyway, I would say Hero Villain Arc, Flawless, Amazing, Perfect. Pretty awesome. Pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's just for a, a franchise that has struggled with consequence to finally say, oh no, we will have the ultimate consequence in here, and yeah. you'll feel it, and it'll be amazing. It was it was great. Cool. Spectacle. Uh, okay, Spectacle was was really good. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way. I think Infinity War is a little better in regards to spectacle just because Infinity War showed me stuff I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. I mean, that moment in, in Infinity War at the beginning when they, they walk out, it feels like 9-11 and um, Ebony Maw comes out. Yeah. The big wheel of death in the sky. Just so cool, the, the tension in that, the mystery of that. And the Titan battle, I still think one is probably the best superhero fight ever it's up mm-hmm. there anyway mm-hmm. just so interesting the just this team working together against this godlike being pulling a moon down never seen anything like that this movie has great spectacle however it's stuff i've seen before it's done yep. really well but it's stuff i've seen before yeah um i would agree just want to get that out of the way i think the spectacle was more satisfying for me because there were so many like character-based moments that were just fantastic mm-hmm. um I'm just going to go through some of my favorite moments that, like, really stand out. Obviously, Steve wielding Mjolnir was just... Oh, yes. It, I loved it. it was, he, it and awesome. he freaking, like, rained down lightning. Like, it he was, was awesome. like, grabbing lightning yes. out of the sky, like, just, like, <laughs> tearing it apart. It was yep. so cool. Um, Steve fighting his, himself was very cool. I love that. Um, the Natasha and Clint scene, like I said, was really cool for me. I, I love... I love Vormir. I love the design of that planet. Yeah. Um, coolest moment in the movie, New York 2012. That was, We're that in was the battle. amazing. <laughs> Second shot they show is 
is the the spinny circle shot from Avengers that's so iconic. You know, mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. that was we we Avengers two thousand no New York two thousand twelve popped up on the screen. I was like, this movie's it. It's got it. We're good. Yeah, um, that was so so good. This the slow burn to the time heist. Yeah, that's an hour and a half into the movie. Yeah, that's the first. It's three hours, three acts. First act is all just build, build, drama. build, build drama, yeah. um, which I loved. The lack yeah. of spectacle in a way was so refreshing. Just yeah. this is just a movie. Good characters, good writing. I was so into it. Um, second act is time heist. Second act is time heist, and they were they built it the whole time. Just the MCU, the whole time has been about these Infinity Stones, and then. <laughs> The Avengers themselves get every single Infinity Stone in this one movie. That was just a super... And it didn't feel, like, rushed or cheated. Yeah. Like, it was so comic booky. They were like, time heist. And then they were like, oh, look, at these moments <laughs> when all the stones were in the same place. Cool, let's go, it, time travel. Like, it was just so... It was awesome. It was so ambitious, too. The New York 2012 thing was this moment where I felt, oh, my God, they're going for it. Yeah. When was the last time I felt like this in a movie where I really don't know what's coming? Yeah. It was so exciting just to think, uh, I mean, the balls of just the ambition of the filmmaker to say, yeah, we're going to do that. It's a big swing, but we're going to do it. And then just to have you get out of the time heist. We snap the fingers. We're like, oh, my God, like everyone's back. Like they did it. Like the Mm -hmm. snap is undone. And then immediately destruction from above. Thanos like everything was built so well and you know I went into this movie and I said if there's one place they're gonna let me down there's no way everyone coming back is as satisfying (laughs) as it should be because we know they're coming back we know the snap will be undone but that That moment when they all arrive (laughs) and Steve says Avengers a symbol it was incredible it was (laughs) amazing what made I think what made it awesome and what we weren't expecting is we were expecting people to come back from from the dead. But when you just see those, those what do you call them, Dr. Strange portals? Yeah. Who cares? Portals. I mean, he, he creates them with the sling ring, but I don't know what the circles right. are called. Um, but those portals of light. And it's not just the people we lost. It's everybody. Everybody. All, it's, it's. It's all the sorcerers. All the sorcerers. All the everyone Wakandans. from Wakanda. Yeah. It was super sweet. Uh, a great moment was when Spider-Man swings through one and the yeah. whole theater cheered. cheered. Someone behind us was going crazy at that yeah. part. Um, <laughs> uh, that was that was awesome. And it just brought to mind this kind of... There was a lot of Bible stuff in this movie, just mythical, biblical kind of stuff. Yeah. And them coming through the portals of light, it just looked like ancient artwork. When The way they would draw halos would just be the kind of yeah. rings of light over people. It's really yeah. what it reminded me of. Um one more thing about the time heist. I loved how just the, seeing them in the suits, seeing the big thing they built, the big time machine thing, it actually reminded me of Fantastic Four mm-hmm. uh, yeah. 2014. Yeah. It was kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Um, but what it really reminded me of was Disney's live action sci-fi movies from the 70s and 80s, like okay. the Black Hole and like Tron, just yeah. seeing them in those suits, uh, seeing them go into the portal. That was so so like Tron. I I loved it. Oh, there one of my favorite moments was when uh they suit up for the first time with those what do you even call them? Time suits? I don't care. I call them like the quantum suits. Okay, but... sure, quantum suits. Um 
Kevin Feige just calls them the team suits, which is lame. That is lame. So uh, quantum we're, we're calling them the quantum sure, suits. That's good. Um, <laughs> and everyone's uh, this is such a little thing, but just seeing everyone, it starts with Ant Man and his his helmet comes yeah. on, and then it does that for everyone. Yeah, something about that was so cool. And they had slightly some of their suits were slightly personalized. Yeah, Iron Man's his visor was a little different. Yeah, uh, there was another one that was a little a little unique. I can't remember that moment. Just seeing them all like ready to go, like. Natasha is like kind of like bouncing on her feet and has this like mischievous little <laughs> smile like she's excited like yeah. everyone just felt so alive in this film and so like there was so much hope that we hadn't seen before just like I love this idea of hope and like giving people mm. hope and feeling feeling hopeful again because you have to in order to win and like when Clint says don't give me hope and Natasha says I wish I could have given it to you sooner you know mm. like this movie was so hopeful in every way, even the end. Like, it was just, oh, man. I love it. <laughs> there really aren't many set pieces, almost. No, I mean... But it's not a bad thing. It just, I don't know... It's really cool what, how what interwoven it... the time heist stuff is. Um, because, you know, you've got basically four different locations, five different locations during that. You've got 2012... Uh, New York, you've got uh, Dark World, oh, Dark Asgard, World. Yeah. Morag, Vormir, and then the 1970s when they go to New Jersey. And it was just so cool to bounce back and forth between all that and see them just, like, improvising. And there's so many cool moments that don't feel contrived that, like, move the plot forward. Like, okay, so, like, we failed in New York, but we can go back here and get more... Um, pin particles and also get the Tesseract and, like, come back and, like, you know, everything with Nebula and her past self and that's how Thanos gets into the present, you know? Like, just nothing felt contrived to me. Nothing yeah, felt... I agree. Just like a like a needless plot point. It all I, felt like I it totally drove agree. toward this... And it was amazing. Someone, someone just... said there was a lot of fan service in this movie. I can't remember, but I really... I did. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I didn't really feel that. I didn't... Because to me, fan service implies just this kind of contrived thing. But like you're saying... It was also genuine. Okay. Also genuine is what I'm saying. Like, I mean, fan... Like, I felt like Steve wielding Mjolnir was really fan service That's true. Yeah. But it was earned. It felt and earned, It felt yeah, genuine. Totally. I feel like, you know... Um, I don't know. There are other moments like that. Like, Steve fighting himself. Like, Hail Hydra. Like, all of that would be considered quote-unquote fan service, but Mm -hmm. it worked in such a way that you didn't feel like they just did it to be doing it, I guess. Sure. Um, The 1970s part, I don't know why. I really loved that. Yeah. Because that's a part in Winter Soldier that has always been kind of a question mark. Yeah. Wait, how did... What is this place? How does I mean, this I, all come together? Yeah, I, I get it. But just to see that, it's always been a place I've always, I've just wondered about. Yeah. And then you finally get to see it. This military base in its heyday. And, uh, oh, it was really cool to see, I can't remember her name, but the woman in the elevator was from Community. Yeah. Which was, yeah. you know, Russo Brothers, yeah. uh, uh, deep cut Russo Brothers, I guess. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, Can we talk about how cool it was seeing the ancient one in New York? Yes, that was because incredible. It just took all these moments, and it was like, yeah, but do you know what else was going on at this time that we didn't show you in the movie because we didn't have time? Alexander Pierce was acquiring pieces of, you know, shield technology. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Rumlo was there. Like, the ancient one is there. Like, all of this stuff is also happening yes. at the same time. Like, that is 
So cool. It was awesome. There, this has been a thing in the final chapter of a long running series often does this kind of tying up loose ends. Yeah. It's rarely done well. Um, everything in this movie, it all felt earned. Like you said, mm-hmm. I don't really, I'll have to watch this movie with a fine tooth comb to find to, to exactly why it works. But, yeah. uh, well, and, and to find something that doesn't work. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what usually in long running series, I do feel like tying up loose ends it, to be unsatisfying. Yeah. Usually just le- le- leave it unsaid. It's fine. This movie, it was awesome. I loved yeah. it. I love seeing Pierce again. I love seeing the ancient one again. The scene with the ancient one is so good because um, that's where you start to feel, oh, this isn't going to go right. This isn't going to, yeah. they're, they're messing with the primal forces of nature here. Yeah. Something is, something terrible is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that got, goes back to just the feeling of uncertainty of, I think the first two acts of this movie are basically flawless. The yeah. final act, it does kind of falter a little bit for me. Like we mentioned earlier with Thanos, I just think it's a, a bit too quick of a turn. The final battle is is big, epic final battle. We've seen it before. Mm. Um, it's well done, but still, I think the third act is probably my least favorite, other than the ending and all the epilogues. I love that. But yeah. anyway, um, just that feeling of we're going and we're doing this. We're messing with the primal forces of nature. I don't know what's going to happen. That was incredibly exciting. I haven't felt yeah. that way in a movie in a long time. Yeah. And I think it was cool in the final battle how I really felt a, like, no one was too overpowered, and B, like, we got moments with every character that I wanted yeah. moments with. Like, even if it was just, like, a shot, like, Rescue and Iron Man back-to-back, yeah. like, fighting together. Awesome. Or, um, you know, Captain Marvel coming in and, you know, busting through the ship, and then, like, you you think she's this beacon of hope to defeat Thanos, but then, like, mm-hmm. he, when he takes the Power Stone out of the Infinity Gauntlet and Incredible. punches her with it. Yes. So cool. Um, Scarlet Witch, like, mm-hmm. showing up and being like, you took everything from me. And he's like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> right. It was just, we got so many awesome little moments in that fight. Spider-Man, when he says, activate kill mode or something like that. <laughs> activate insta-kill. And then yeah. it's just like, <laughs> um, and I loved when, when Peter Parker's just like clutching the gauntlet and Captain Marvel shows up and she's like, I think you have something for me, you know? Um, yeah, that was good. That was a moment with her where she was slightly snarky, but it felt kind of loving too. Yeah. Where she, she says, hello, Peter Parker, or something like that. Yeah, because she, he says, hi, I'm Peter Parker. And she goes, hello, Peter Parker. Yeah. I think you've got something for me, you know? It was, uh, I want to see the Russo brothers do Captain Marvel. That would have been. They, they said they're done, but are they really? That. That would be good. <laughs> Just imagine they do the movie where she's in the military and she's growing Well, especially and because they're so fond of that militaristic yes. style with, yep. like, Civil War and Winter Soldier. Like, that would be perfect. Yes. That would... I would love it. I would see um, it but, in a heartbeat. Man, like, I just... I don't feel like any character got shafted in any way. Like, I felt like everyone had their moment. And that was one of the worries of Infinity Wars. I was like, man, like, Steve... And Natasha, like, did not get, like, anything in this movie. You know, there were several characters where I just felt really left out. But, man, Mm -hmm. this movie somehow got to everyone. It did. Perfectly balanced. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about the suits real quick? Like, in general, like, everyone's, like, costumes. Because Steve has this new suit that has, like, the fish scale 
that mimics like original designs, mm-hmm. like very original Captain America designs. Mm. It's oh, so yes, cool. Yeah. Gotcha. It's like that fish scale looking. Yep. Thing. Which looks so it would it could look so stupid yeah. in live action, but they found a way to make it cool. Um Natasha goes back to having her hourglass symbol on her belt, which is cool. Um, oh, I didn't know that. She, That's cool. Yeah, and she's wearing the arrow necklace again, which is like a kind of a friendship necklace with Clint. That's such a small detail, but cool. in Winter Soldier, she's wearing this arrow necklace, and then we haven't seen it for a while, and she wears it again in this movie when he's missing. And it's just like a cool little friendship hmm. thing touch. Um, By the way, I think the fish scales, I think those are meant to be the white feathers of an eagle. Really? Or Captain America's suit. But they're blue. Uh, Are they? Yeah. All right, whatever. <laughs> um, I just thought those in particular, her suit and his suit, were really cool. And, you know, everyone else is kind of like same old thing. But um, I don't know. Like somehow I like how every movie, there's just a little bit, their suits are a little bit different. They reflect like changing times, mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. thing. I like it a lot. Thor's new hair and beard his beard when he when he calls down the lightning and he gets his like suit and then his beard is like braided that was it was funny to see the thor suit with a gut yeah (laughs) with a big beer gut yeah that was it was interesting because he wasn't just obese he wasn't just fat he was still kind of muscular well, Be- yeah, because it was more like a beer gut yes, than, like, exactly. fat from eating food. Right, right. You know? That was cool. Yeah. Oh, I leaned over to Nathan and said this. The first act of this movie where it's kind of just a drama and it's kind of like uh, they live in this fallen world and they're just getting the band back together. I, predict- I predicted that, by the way. <laughs> I said that at lunch yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Um, and you were just quiet. Now I see why. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me of Zack Snyder Justice League. Yeah. Of what that movie probably would have been. Yeah. And it was it was so interesting to think, man, that movie would have worked. Because yeah. it's working. I'm watching that movie right now. Yeah. It, was, it was really good. Um, another thing the whole plot reminded me of was there's this old Justice League story where this is the story I think they were going to do with uh, if Zack Snyder had gotten his way where Darkseid just wins. Yeah. He just wins. And then in the future, the remnants of the Justice League have to kind of band together to fight him. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this kind of time travel story. This was a lot like that. And it was, I don't know, just something about, okay, Zack Snyder's Justice League didn't happen, but this was that movie anyway, and it was still really good. And I, I just had this thought of justice was served in the end, sort of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the great, the, the great once-in-a-generation superhero film happened anyway. Yeah. Um, and that was... I like that. Yeah. Um, gosh, this movie. <laughs> I'm just... I love when uh, we have the intro to Guardians of the Galaxy with Peter Quill dancing up. And then... Hilarious. We, like, pull back and Hilarious. he's like... There were so many funny moments. I heard you laughing, like, so often. I, oh, I laughed like, a lot. Yeah, there were so <laughs> many funny moments in this movie. Um, and none of them felt cheap or... Build-A-Bear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the movie still, every now and then, there would be a joke that I thought, come on, that we didn't really need a joke there. Yeah. But it was always funny. Yeah. Uh, the Build-A-Bear line, I think, got a bigger laugh than was expected because everyone was laughing over dialogue that kept going. Yeah. Missed a little bit of dialogue there. But that was just... Well, because that was a really serious scene. It and was. then it was just like Tony being quip- quippy. Until this exact moment, I thought you were Build-A-Bear. <laughs> 
it was it was good. Uh, when Rocket sneaks up and says "boo," yeah, <laughs> that was great. When Scott Lang became becomes a baby and an old man, that was great. It was the similar to how this impossible plot is interwoven with great character development. The humor, finally, they did a really good job of just the humor is interwoven into the drama yeah. in a really good way now. Yeah. It's not just, here's a scene, here's a joke. Yeah. Which is kind of what it has felt like for a little while. Yeah, no, it was so well interwoven. I just, I I loved it because, like I said, like this felt like Avengers all over again. And maybe that's because part of it took place during the Avengers. But, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, it just, it was so exciting and comic booky, and we we still manage these dark moments. Like when Tony dies, like we we pan up, and he's he has this awful wide eyed stare as he dies, and like we focus on his face, and like it doesn't shy away from those gr- more gruesome moments. And his face is totally screwed up. Oh yeah, the like, half of his face is just charred really black. Sad. But and I loved the funeral with everyone there. Harley, yeah. the little kid from Iron Man three, was there. I didn't understand that. That you, was an amazing touch. Cool. Everyone's there. Yeah, John Favreau with the little girl. That was probably the closest I came to crying. Well, and you know, you know the whole cheeseburgers thing. Oh like, yeah, when Tony gets oh, yes. back from Afghanistan, I, believe he's like, me, I, I want cheeseburgers. I understood. And just yeah. to give that line to John Favreau meant that meant a lot to me. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give you all the cheeseburgers you want, kid. That was yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. That was that was amazing, and just the ending on the Tony Stark, the original, the original Iron Man heart. What do you call that? That was I don't know. You the know arc reactor. Yeah, it, proof yes. that Tony Stark has yes, a heart. Exactly. That was amazing. That just made to... me cry when I saw proof <laughs> that Tony Stark has a heart. I was like, oh god. <laughs> uh, the part when Tony's death is uh, so well done. Um, again, when he died, it was this. It's a sad moment, but it's also not because he's achieved, again, this inner peace. Yeah. And for Pepper to just lie to him, it's not even a lie, really. Yeah. But she's holding back the tears. She's staying strong for him until he passes on. She says, Tony, it's okay. You can rest. Because she knows, they set up earlier, he will not rest. It's in him. Yeah. He has the heart of a hero in him. That's why he doesn't sleep, and that's why he works all the time. That's why he... Well, all of them are like that, you know? Like, we have this moment with Natasha where she's like... I can't stop doing this. Like, who's going to do it if I don't? Oh, you know? sure. Yeah. You, like, all of these characters are resisting peace and rest. Mm-hmm. And then they all finally get it, whether that's through through an earned death or Steve and Thor going off, you know, to to do whatever that's not being a superhero. Um, you know, it's just that's like true. they all achieve that. And, yeah, when she says at first – I read the line wrong. She says, we'll be okay. And I thought she was lying to him saying, like, you and I will be okay. But she means everyone she else. Means, she yes. means all of us yep. will be okay without you. You've done it. Like You can rest now. You can rest now. That, that was, was so, beautiful. That was beautiful. That was great. That's a good a good wife. <laughs> Strong for her husband. And she's hold, you, can, you know she's holding back the tears because as soon as she dies, she lets them, the waterworks come. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was great. Because she just, she knows, they know each other so well. She knows... If he doesn't feel that, he's going to try to hold on, and it wouldn't be as, as peaceful of a death. Um, what else? <laughs> um, Should we just go to morality? No, no, hang no? on. Okay. The score was incredible. It was good. It was fantastic. It was so beautiful. The, the moment that stood out to me, I mean, you'll probably have to watch it again to like pick up on stuff, but when 
Clint and Wanda are standing by the river talking about Vision and Natasha, there's this beautiful string theme that plays that's just, ugh. Hmm. Is it... I wonder if it's from the other movies. It is in one way or another. Okay. All of it is. I think a lot of reformulation. But that was mm-hmm. the cool thing. So in Infinity War, there are three times where the Avengers theme plays, and it plays exactly as it plays in Avengers. And to me, it felt a little cheap because it wasn't new in any way. Mm-hmm. It was just the exact same theme, and I don't like it in those moments in Infinity War. But there were so many reorchestrated versions of the theme in this film, and it was incredible. Um, I loved it, and I loved all the music. It made me feel so many things. It was so good. Wow, Alan Silvestri, really. Oh, he, he knocked that out of the park with this one. The, the the couple musical cues that really stood out to me. First of all, Thanos' theme from Infinity War comes back, and I loved it. There's a theme that plays at the end of Infinity War when Thanos is at peace, and he's he's on, um, what do they call it, the garden? Yeah. Um, that came back somewhere. It was great to hear that again. It's super interesting that that theme ends on a major chord. Mm-hmm. Uh, something Nathan pointed out to us. Because it's, you know, the, the darkest hour. Thanos is one ends major. It's cool. Anyway, uh, great composer. But a couple moments stood out to me. Um, the final battle when when Cap says Avengers assemble, It just it's just the Avengers theme, which is awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of he was saving it for that moment and they just played it. And then uh, the first Avenger theme plays when Steve gives the shield to Sam. It's just slightly there, yeah. but that was that was a super sweet moment. Um, I'll have to I'll have to re-listen to the score. I'm gonna listen really to just the to score, it. yeah, because it's beautiful. Um, the end credits were so Incredible. good. It was like a curtain call. <laughs> it you was because yeah. they showed clips from like all of the films that mm-hmm. these characters had been in. Oh, and it was the way they did it was they used this kind of uh, what's the word. This conceit of a film projector, yeah, is what it yeah. was. It's like, yeah, you saw this kind of ab. At first, I thought it was just kind of an abstraction of some. I don't know. Yeah, but it, it turns out it's it's streams of light, yeah, and then it shows characters, and they're they're on this plane that is clearly a film screen. That was awesome. This yeah. kind of really cool self aware moment. Yeah, that these are all films. These are all entertainment. And then for the actors to sign their names, the principal six actors, the mm-hmm. six Avengers, that was this really cool kind of. Uh, Hollywood star moment where maybe these actors will never get a a, a star in Hollywood or what what are they called? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about star, yeah Hollywood star okay on whatever. Hollywood Boulevard yeah. yeah maybe they'll never get that but uh there's they mean a lot to fans and we're just gonna put it in the movie anyway for all time that was sweet that was really sweet <laughs> were the characters um when the signatures came up, they had representations of the characters from, I think, Avengers 1? No, they were all from Endgame, except Thor was skinny. But they okay. were all from Endgame. It was were not they? with her braid okay. and her suit. And Tony yeah. Stark looked younger in it. That's why I was wondering. Maybe. His his and Thor's looked different, but Natasha was for sure her suit. Okay. Uh, Steve was for sure his suit from Endgame. Hawkeye was his suit from Endgame. Gotcha. Hulk was Hulk, I'm pretty sure. Or was he Was he Bruce? It, it was Bruce. It yeah. was Bruce. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Great, though. Great, great send-off. Um, wow. Yeah. We could we could probably go on forever. I mean, every moment, every scene just about is something super memorable. Yeah. Just, like, the pacing was so fascinating to me because you just have, like, this, like, slow 
taking their time wander through this dramatic introduction and then you get to the time ice and it's just like exciting like yeah. cutting back and forth yeah. between scenes like action action cutting back and forth and then like you hit the battle and it just kind of like swoops into this like very long battle scene that's mm-hmm. not broken up by any other scenes mm-hmm. and it's like uh, the the structure of this film is so cool to it's me. really good it doesn't feel too long no it doesn't feel like three hours that first act where it's built, where it's just built, it's not boring at all. It's just interesting and compelling. The only reason I got a little bored is because I was so excited to get to the parts that I knew were coming, you oh, know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Yeah, I don't know what else to say. This this is... It's sort of a it's sort of weird in the spectacle category because it's not what you normally expect from a superhero film. Right. I mean, it's got the final battle and everything, but it's almost more of an emotional spectacle. Just all these payoffs and these satisfying conclusions for these characters. Yeah. Um, and it's not just, it's real meaningful stuff. It's Tony Stark with his dad. That is an incredible scene for yes. me. It's, uh, Scott Lang meeting his daughter. Those kind of moments, to me, that stuff is the spectacle of the film. It's not yeah. so much, you know, I mean, Cap Willing Mjolnir is amazing, but yeah. to me it's, it's the kind of, the emotional stuff that really stands out. You know, and we keep talking about this idea of closure and, you know, it was so rewarding, I think, because the MCU has never done closure. Like, they, that's not a thing they do. Yeah. They don't do closure. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what these films are built on, no closure. Yes. And then to have them do it and do it so well was just so rewarding. You know, I keep talking about when I walked out of this movie, I just felt so happy. Like, even last night, I've seen it twice now. Um, Even last night, like, I... It, the second time it ended, I was just like, I am so happy in this moment. Like, nothing... And it, it's like <laughs> I feel when I watch Avengers 1. I watch Avengers 1 when I'm sad. I watch Avengers 1 when I'm anxious. I watch Avengers 1 anytime mm-hmm. I need that emotional support. And this movie just did it all again. It's incredible. Yes, I agree. This is... Uh, it's, a, it's a great film. We already said it. It's a testament to 11 years, more than that, of just great hard work by Kevin Feige and all involved. This one will... This movie will stand the test of time. It'll oh. be a great, you know, I think we'll look back on it like Godfather or something like that. Just a great three-hour, incredible Hollywood film. Yeah. Morality. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've, I don't know, what do you want to say? Oh, man. Okay, so I'm just going to throw out the, the blanket thematic stuff. We've got sacrifice is huge, family is huge, uh-huh. and then losing and winning. I think are two hmm. they just talk so much about losing and okay. winning and you know because for all of these characters it's we lost we lost we lost and then at the end you know when Peter is just saying to Tony over and over again we won Mr. Stark we won it's okay we won you know oh man I forgot about that yeah that was <laughs> yeah. Peter oh my god they both had to lose each other that's so sad yeah um Peter Parker lost two father figures that's so rough. Oh, my God. This poor character. <laughs> well, um, I mean, they kind of just ignored Uncle Ben in this universe. Yeah, but, but we know okay. he he was there and died. Yes. Um, but, yeah, let's start with family because – and and what, what family does to these characters' motivations, you know, because, you know, you've got the, all these ideas of found family with Natasha mm-hmm. and some mm-hmm. other characters like the Avengers have become a family – and which is especially inspiring considering how disjointed they are in like Avengers 1, you know, to see how far they've come. 
And then you've got, like, earned family where Tony had such a shattered past with family, but now he finally has, like, his wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, Clint, who's who's avenging his family. Um, Thor, who gets reunited with his mom. Tony, who gets reunited with his dad. Steve, who finally gets a wife. Like, mm-hmm. all of these moments, it's just really magical. I the What I took out of that was... Um, I mean, sometimes... I watch modern films and I think there's just no, there's no humanity. There's nothing I can relate to anymore. So I felt when I saw Shape of Water and uh, Alita Battle Angel, Mm -hmm. just, I don't recognize the humanity of these people. And just to see in this hugely important film, one that everybody will see, everybody will love, just to see simple things like, yes, family is the most important thing in your life. is basically what the movie's saying to me. Whether it's found family, whether it's your real family, there's nothing more important than that. That's what these characters are always fighting for. They, that's what it comes back to, really. Uh, that was that was a big deal to me. I really loved seeing that. Because um, just sometimes I see these successful films and I, I don't understand what how they came to be. Yeah. And I just worry about the state of humanity sometimes. I mean, even Thanos. Like, yes. family, his daughters, you know? Like, that's yeah. a huge... Yep. There's a part in Infinity War that I love where Thor uh, Thor meets, uh, does he meet Gamora? And Gamora's talking about how Thana, her dad's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Th- Thor says, family's hard. I yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. Yeah. It just makes me think that the the directors, the Russo brothers, they're probably family men. I'm sure they're good dads and they have wives and children. They just, they, they get it. Yeah. In a way, they're just normal people making movies for the average person. Yeah. And it's just to see that as successful as it is, is very inspiring. Yeah, because, like, I mean, this sounds dramatic, and it's it's not this dramatic, but, like, there is, like, less emphasis on family, like, the further we go, just in the world and society, you know, like, less people getting married, less people wanting to have kids. Yeah. And, like, that's fine. Like, I'm not saying there's, like, something, like, going wrong, but I think... I think that... I don't know if it's fine, but go okay, ahead. Okay, I think it's fine. <laughs> I don't think that's what's important, though. I think... But I think it's this idea that, like family doesn't have to exist in the cookie cutter sense of it but that mm-hmm. everyone has to have it kind of thing mm-hmm. you know yeah, totally. whether it's your friends it's you know found family members it's you know earned family members it's like your parents it's your siblings whatever like every form of family exists in this film so that's mm-hmm. pretty pretty amazing it was um, and for for so many of the characters i mean again tony stark just that he would he could never have made the sacrifice that he makes if he hadn't have had a kid. Exactly. Because yeah. he says, what does he say? Oh, at the end when they're playing the recording of him, mm-hmm. he says, I, I, I know Morgan's going to grow up in this crazy world that I could never have foreseen. It yeah. just changes him in this really positive way. Yeah. Why do you think Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange says, uh, I can't tell you or it won't happen? I don't know. I think it's kind of a stupid line. I agree. But I also <laughs> think it's because... I think if he said to Tony in that moment, yeah, but you got to die, like, Tony's not going to chicken out or whatever. Hmm. And I think, but then I think he realizes, oh, he needs to know this is the one in order to make that sacrifice. Hmm. And so when he gives that one, it's him admitting, yeah, this is the one, but you're the one. Hmm. Like, you have to die. And so I think that's a really interesting shift because I think he's like, oh, if I tell him now, he's not going to go through with it. But then he's like, oh, in order for him to go through with it, I have to tell him. It is interesting. 
That's how I interpreted it. Do you think it. he really would have, what, would he have run away or something? If no, I just told him think, too early? I don't know. I just think he, I think it's that fear of, like, tipping the balance, you know, hmm. like, or, or feeling too comfortable. Like, yeah, this is the one. And then, like, Tony's, because what if, like, he had said, like, yeah, this is the one, like, really early on. And then Tony's like, cool, then I must not have to die, you know? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it worked. I think I liked the the way that happened. Um, but... Um, Which leads us into sacrifice. Yes, the next big theme. The, again, that was set up in Infinity War. Um, and obviously Tony Stark is the the best example of that because he does he's give his life the jesus character yeah and it, on the poster for trinity war he's he has his arms spread out like a cross um so much bible stuff in this movie mm-hmm. i, I want to watch it again with that in mind but uh there are other characters who sacrifice themselves too the uh i mean natasha gives her own life um and i guess you could kind of say that steve does Steve becoming selfish? That's not re- is that the opposite of sacrifice? What do you think about that? No. Just, okay. I think it's no because I feel like he spent his whole life being so self-sacrificial mm-hmm. that like it's just like the earned rest that he needs. I don't think it's like because I don't think it's selfish or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it is, in but not we think of selfish as so negative. You know, it's not a bad form of yeah, selfish. Yeah. Thing. Um, so I think that ties into the sacrifice theme, like, you know, it's this recognition that, like, we all, we all have these limits, you know, and, like, everyone has their time, and that's kind of what this film Hmm. is about, like, it was Steve's time to rest by finding this life, it was Tony's time to rest by dying, it was, you know, like, that's kind of what it's, what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not really a terribly deep idea. It's just one that's done really well. It's a simple idea. Yeah. Um, sacrifice, giving your life for others. Uh, that's the best thing a hero can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one that, you know, the nature of superhero films, they're they are so successful and people always want sequels. We've never, have we ever seen it before? We've seen, we've seen superheroes, you know, sacrifice a lot, but has a film ever really have the guts to say we're gonna kill you know the main character basically not really not in superhero films the closest thing i think is dark knight rises yeah which of course he doesn't really die but it's more of a captain america kind of yeah i'm done yeah yeah it's never happened before has it not that i know of hmm that's cool that's significant yeah especially because like I don't think anyone could say they're upset that Tony Stark died in this film. Like, No, definitely you not. You know? Like, it was just so perfect. Okay. <laughs> Winning and losing, we talk about, you know, yeah, they talk about a lot. Yeah, that didn't stand out to me. What do you think about that? Well, because, you know, like, that's what Tony... Tony gets off the Milano, and he's like, we lost, Rogers, we lost, like... Tony says, I lost the kid. And Steve says, Tony, we lost. Like, everyone lost. Hmm. That was a moment that really stood out to me. Um, because Tony's thinking about this whole time, what did I lose? Mm-hmm. And then Steve is like, no, like, what did we all lose? And that even, like, bleeds into, like, his whole second chance thing. Like, I have my family. 
It's like, yeah, but what did everyone else lose? Yeah. Um, That's super interesting. And then also, like, what does it mean to win? Like, this recontextualize. Whenever we watch superhero movies, what winning means is the superheroes survive, they defeat the villain, end of story. But this movie recontextualizes what it means to win. Like, for Hmm. Tony, winning is dying. Like, that's his win scenario. Um, And I think that's really fascinating. That is. that, And it sets up that really interesting kind of philosophical split between Cap and Iron Man Mm -hmm. that we see in Civil War. Mm -hmm. In that movie, Cap is kind of concerned about the individual rights. Yeah. And Tony is this kind of greater good thing. And that has switched yeah it's that relationship with peter parker that kind of makes tony more mature than steve in that moment really where yes steve's one steve says yeah we all lost but just for that that relationship with the one person i lost the kid yeah he feels responsible again the theme of responsibility yeah uh, rears its head um well that's huge in this movie like you know thor feels responsible for thanos winning Mm-hmm. You know, Tony feels responsible for Peter's death. Like, Clint feels responsible for his family dying. You know, all of this stuff. And then they they all take responsibility in one form or another, even if it means losing their own lives. Yeah. That's cool. Um, this movie is so... All these characters just are so mature. Like, yeah. Because it's so... You think about the most basic form of, like, sacrifice or winning and losing, and you're like, okay, like you win and everything's okay or you know you you lose and it's not and then you keep fighting and all of that's so basic but this film is like you do whatever it takes whatever it takes that's what steve says mm. and you know it that's what natasha says when she decides she's gonna die whatever it takes and it really is this like greater good idea um that i think is really cool because like you said it has been such a such a fascinating conflict between steve and tony yeah, I found myself more on Tony's side in this one. It surprised me. Just that, okay, the greater good, but what does that mean? I mean, how do you understand the greater good without your own connection to a person? You know what I yeah. mean? How can you even fathom the greater good? Well, that was you... the most complex part. Yeah. yeah, because the connection that Tony has to individuals is what pushes him to understand what he has to do yes. for everyone. Yep. So it's great. Fast. Yeah. It's sort of a yin and yang kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. You need you need an understanding of both. Um, it's really good. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. It's yeah. just a great it's it's a great end to a, a long, long story. Um and it it's about heroism. It I think I've realized that these superhero films we like them so much because there's the they're these kinds of revelatory experiences mm-hmm. where they they will reveal a thing to you they'll reveal something about yourself yeah um i don't know if a of a story can really change your life but it can impact your life in a really positive way if it shows you a part of yourself you didn't know about but that was there i think this movie does i think all i think great films do but the thing about superhero films is they just the the extra element of heroism it, this sort of I mean we talked this talked about this idea before that anyone can be a hero but just the tying it in with the family that it just grounds it so much that uh it just re- it I don't know it reveals to the viewer that yes Tony Stark is Iron Man Tony Stark uh, is kind of one in a million but anyone 
basically through this connection with family, anyone can take this step to yeah. uh, to also be a hero. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Is it time to rank it? I think so. Did we start at Batman 89? That's <laughs> too think... low. We start at the top. Well, let's start at... Um... Where's Avengers 1? Number 2. Ooh. Okay. Let's okay, I'm going to read our top 5. Okay. Our top 5 from 5 down. 5 is Iron Man. 4 is Superman. 3 is Captain America the Winter Soldier. 2 is the Avengers. And 1 is Spider-Man 2. Hmm. It's pretty up there. <laughs> it is pretty up there. Here's another cool thing about this movie is one of the problems we always run into these MC with these MCU films and that I was worried about with this film like how do you judge this film as a standalone movie? Yeah. But I know people yeah. who have never watched these movies who sat in that theater and bawled their eyes out For watching this film. Yes. Really? I know people who had seen maybe two or three MCU films. I know people who hadn't even seen Infinity War who watched this movie and were like, that was incredible. Like, I think mm. this movie somehow... Oh, I think... Well, it's not the first time. I mean, Godfather 2 is in this conundrum. Yeah. It is a great, great, great film. One of the best. It does not stand on its own, but does it need to? I mean, it's... Yeah, it, I just didn't want to, like, give this movie all the credit because it was just such a perfect culmination to the MCU. Like, it has to be more than that, and I think it is. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's okay that... I mean, it's a sequel. It's okay to be a, a great sequel. I think yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I mean, Spider-Man 2 is that. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Uh, I think it's up there. I. It might beat Avengers 1 for me. I don't know. <laughs> it does for me. Really? Yeah, I just think the the maturity of these character arcs yeah. and, the, and the statements that it's making about morality and everything else is just so developed and so well done i i don't know how it doesn't beat it hmm okay <laughs> it's not number one is it <laughs> i kind of think it is huh <laughs> it's it's definitely not for me but I am so biased towards Spider-Man 2. I think t the fact that... And granted, it has the team advantage, of course. Uh -huh. But the fact that you have these thematic elements of winning and losing, of sacrifice, of the greater good versus the individual, of family, and that all of the character arcs somehow tie into those in a lot of ways is just really strong. Um Hmm. It's pretty, pretty. I don't amazing. think it, it does. It doesn't beat Spider-Man Two for me, mm -hmm. which it could just be personal bias, my personal experience in relationship with that movie. But uh, I mean, we have to get into the. We have to get into this since we're comparing these films. Yeah. I still think Spider-Man Two has the stronger villain. The relationship with the villain is so important. I think it's still a more grounded, relatable film. Um, just that 
I don't. I I think Spider Man Two makes a similar statement about sacrifice and guilt and heroism in a simpler, more elegant way. Really, when you get down to it, um, I mean, there are a lot of great moments in Endgame, but I don't think anything is as moving or as revelatory as Aunt May just talking to Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. That scene, and they're talking about Henry, the little boy. Mm-hmm. Does anything really approach that? There's a hero in all of us who keeps us good. <laughs> yeah. That is that is just the the that is transcendent. <laughs> yeah. This transcendent superhero moment. I think it's hard because Spider-Man 2 is like of course not as complex yeah. plot-wise and everything else as as Avengers Endgame, but that doesn't mean that that the complexity of the film makes it better you know correct um i yeah the it's 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 tough because endgame is just such a different beast in a lot of ways but thanos taking a back step or just thanos not being as good as an infinity war you lose, I think something really is lost, especially compared to Spider-Man 2, where the villain is just a perfect mirror of the hero, and you understand that you understand that the choices Peter makes, the choices Otto makes, I think that is a better morality tale at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I can say Endgame's better than Spider-Man 2. Okay, I'm with you. Cool. <laughs> so Endgame's number two. But this is one. this is one where I think... With time, you know, in 10 years, maybe Endgame will just age so well that it'll feel like such a beacon of hope or something. Yeah. Maybe it could edge out Spider-Man 2. Yeah. But for now, I think the seniority of Spider-Man 2 and just the the timelessness of that movie, I think yeah. it makes it the top one still. I mean, number two is is awesome. Yeah. Very good. This... uh this was a theater experience I haven't felt in a really long time, probably since Return of the King. Yeah. Where you just, you felt, after the movie was over, you felt, kind of like you said, you just felt at peace, you felt satisfied. And I just felt, I, did, I, I didn't have all these criticisms running through my head of, oh, this could have been better. There were little moments like that. But after the movie, I just felt, that was awesome. I had such a good time. And I think that's what a great film, sh- I think it should up- uplift you, you know? Yeah. And that is such a rare thing. I'm so grateful to Marvel, everyone there, for giving me that experience. Yeah, that's how I feel. Just so grateful. Um, And it was, like, it was so interesting because Friday night's film experience was so different from Thursday night's. Mm. Just because Thursday night, that was, like, the Thursday night audience is just always the truest fans. Like, they are the ones who come out on Thursday night Mm -hmm. on a night when they have work and school the next day. Yeah. And just, like... The, the the amount of times that audience burst into applause was just crazy, but it felt it felt awesome, you know, like <laughs> sure. it was just so cool, and I really hadn't felt anything like that, like feeling so at one with everyone around me, you know, and all feeling the same way about the film. It was really magical. Totally, it. Um, I'm I'm excited to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm excited to, because that's really. That's what will either make it go up or down in 
in our in our pantheon. Yeah. How does it hold up on repeat viewings? You've already seen it twice. I mean, I felt the exact same way the second time as I did the first time. Mm-hmm. So that was really incredible. Uh, but I, you know, as the years go by, and as the viewer, as the audience gets older, may, maybe, um, you know, you're going to view this movie differently mm-hmm. when you're 45 and you have a kid. Yeah. And you're watching Tony Stark and and Pepper Potts. Is she Pepper Stark? Did she have, did she become a Stark I when don't they got married? I think so. Did they get married? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they did. Whoa. I mean, they probably did. They probably did. They probably did yeah. before before, yeah, cuz there was 5 years there for them to get married. Now I'm thinking And they in, had in, a ring. That's true. I'm thinking in Infinity War, Tony Stark dreams they have a kid. Yeah. And now they you know, that was just kind of... In Infinity War, you, I took that as they're just setting this thing up. But then they kind of call back to Tony's vision in Age of Ultron. Tony is a prophet. Yeah, that's what... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, he's Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was a carpenter. Tony yeah. Stark was is kind a of a builder? carpenter. He was he bu- Yes. <laughs> he's a working man. Yeah. <laughs> huh. The Bible movie. <laughs> <laughs> um uh where was I going with that? Oh, just yeah, this, you know, as we get older, that'll really be the test of this movie. Yeah. That's that's the test of a great film like Godfather 2, like Empire Strikes Back is it kind of grows with you. So we'll see. I think it has potential to really be a great great film like that. So, we're going to do an episode just talking about like the MCU, right? Just Yeah, predict future predictions or yeah, future predictions, you know, tracing what the MCU has done. Yeah. I just think, like, I think it's so interesting because I have some friends who, like, don't watch superhero movies and, you know, don't get into that world. And it's just like, do you understand how revolutionary this franchise has been, you know? Just, like, creating 22 films that are all interconnected. Oh, yeah. None of them are complete duds. Um, they, you know... They genuinely have been very enjoyable from yep. the beginning to the end. Yep. They have stayed consistent. Like, it's just, it's really incredible. And for them all to have different directors, you know, and everything else. Is... It's the mythology for a generation. Yeah, it's, it's really incredible. I'm, I'm of course, a little older. That yeah. will always be Star Wars for me. Yeah. Because that was my formulative thing. But this is that for kids today. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Um, Star Wars is dead, <laughs> treading water. I mean, it's not, but you know what I mean. That, and we talked about this a little bit last night, but that that thing that Kathleen Kennedy sent Kevin Feige, the image mm-hmm. of Ray, I, I guess it's Ray, handing over the lightsaber to Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, this is this is the mythology for the generation. Yeah. Which is hugely important. It's, yeah. It's a big deal. Um, the kids... The kids growing up watching this, they'll they'll be all right because all the values, all the great things are here. Well, that's just the thing. Like, I just can't think of a more perfect, can't think of a more perfect timing in my life for me to be graduating college at the time that Endgame comes out. You know, to have had these films through all of my formative years uh-huh. um, is really important. Yeah, you'll. How do you think you'll look back on, on? This story, this legacy when you're, you know, an old woman, when you're 70, and you share them with your children. I don't even know. I just think I'll feel so, like I said, grateful. Like, that's just all I feel, you Mm -hmm. know, especially for these characters. I'm so attached to these characters, you know, and I feel like they've taught me so much, um, and it's just, I'll always 
have a special place for them. Yeah, and I just thought of this. Well, a little we said this a little bit earlier. Just the the innovation behind the MCU, what Feggy and everybody were able to pull off this totally new thing in filmmaking. That's just uh, this will sound a little corny, I guess, but it just makes me proud that the, that Hollywood can put that out. That American cinema can still innovate and push forward. Um, it's I'm probably just so biased, but I think American cinema. There's nothing like American cinema. No, there's no one as innovative, um, and it's just incredible to see that that's alive and well. People are still pushing forward. Well, I just remember in 2017, like there was this fear of superhero fatigue, and then like Logan happened and Wonder Woman happened, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, like there are these new films that are really innovative. And then in 2018, like Infinity War happened, and you know, I felt like okay, like we can still do new things. And yeah. then this year, yeah. Shazam and Endgame, like superhero films are so far from being dead, <laughs> and it's just it's really inspiring to me that we can keep reinventing and. You know, I yes. I saw a review for Endgame. I was really skeptical because I, you see those really verbose re- reviews that just use these buzzwords to make you want to see the movies. And mm. I saw a lot of those for Captain Marvel where it's like visionary, inventive, and I was like, no, no, that was wrong. But for Endgame, you know, I just the the only one I saw before the movie because I just happened to be on Facebook was the mold has been broken, and like I mm. just like that was one that I think actually rings true. Like this is not. A great superhero movie only it is a great movie and it just man it's 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 amazing i'm blown away wow hmm starting to rethink it's number two position already hmm. <laughs> we'll see we'll see we will see <laughs> we gotta do dark knight i know dark knight's a great movie i know okay we're almost at two hours <laughs> let's wrap it up okay I don't know how to wrap it up. Me neither. <laughs> um, I didn't think this through. We got to start thinking this through. Have okay. a plan before okay. we go in. I don't know. The Avengers <laughs> improvised. We could improvise. That's true. That's true. Uh, just, just thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Stanley. Thank you, Kevin Feige. Thank you, Rooster Brothers. Thank Jack you. Kirby. Thank you, Jack Kirby. Thank you, cast and crew, everyone. No thanks to Bob Iger. <laughs> Screw him. Good, good. He's going to ruin it. That in there. Avengers after this will probably suck. Okay, we're not ending on a down <laughs> no, note we're like not. that. We're anyway. ending on just a grateful, happy note. Yep. We're at, we're at peace. Bye. <laughs>